All right, Matt, you're cutting this. Get ready. everybody welcome back to the star wars time show a little bit of a different voice in the beginning you guys are used to matt kicking the show off but matt's in galaxy's edge living it up you know he he's there riding rise of the resistance i didn't get to do that because it wasn't open when i was there but uh from what i've seen of his stories and his instagram pictures it looks really fun so i got two droids built one with his little girl i saw him playing in the in the hotel room so that was really cool and you know, doing all the fun stuff that one does when you are in a galaxy far, far away. So for this week, you're just going to have Nick here for a little while, and then we're going to bring in a special guest towards the end of the show. We're going to bring that person in right around when we talk about the Clone Wars. So for the first bit of the show, I'm going to go through the news and the happenings. There are a few things that happened this week. I'm not going to go into great detail because the best part of the show and the news section is when me and Matt get to kind of go back and forth, bounce ideas off of each other and everything like that. And I don't really have a, you know, an idea partner this week. So I'm just going to kind of give you guys some PSAs. You can check them out in the postcast shell as you do every week. So uh, let's just kind of kick it off like we usually do. First off, we're going to stick with our fandom toy section of the show first and um, this one's actually a pretty nice piece that's coming out here from Hot Toys. We have a Death Trooper up for pre-order now. Um, he's $235, and if you know anything about Hot Toys, $235 may seem like a lot, but they usually bring the quality to back the dollars. Um, just kind of scrolling through and looking at some of the, the hot points on this particular figure, you're going to have uh, LED light-up functions. You're going to have nine different... Uh, interchangeable hands and gloves and parts and everything like that. You have a pair of fists, you have relaxed hands, you have hands for holding a blaster rifle and pistol, you have a gesturing hand. Um, so this this figure really looks awesome. If you're a fan of the, of the bucket heads like me, uh, the Death Trooper does have a very unique and menacing look to it. So for those collectors out there, uh, $235 up for pre-order now uh, on, sh uh, on Sideshow's website. So go pick them up, and if you have any other toy collecting needs you may uh, want to find out about, go to the Exclude Magazine. Uh, they're our partner over there. Make sure to stop by and, and read up on any toy collecting needs. Uh, next up, still kind of sticking in the fandom slash video game section of the Star Wars Time Show, we're talking about a leaked project, quote-unquote leaked project, um, called Project Maverick that came out accidentally on the European PSN store over the last weekend. And really, um, there's not too many details here. Um, all we got was basically a, uh, you know, a, a Star Wars Project Maverick kind of view on, on the PSN store. And what we see is, a, is an image. It's very red. Um, you can see it looks like it's a Star Destroyer in space. Not really too much that you can tell that's going on here. Um, but according to Jason Schreer at, uh, at Kotaku, who's pretty plugged into the video game industry, 
Um, he says that there, there's multiple projects in work at EA right now, and Project Maverick is the, is the smaller and more unusual of those projects. Um, Jason had written up a, a more extensive piece on what's actually happening at EA Star Wars right now. We know that um, there were a lot of canceled games, one specifically from Uncharted creator Amy Hennig. Um, she had a, a single-player experience going on that was being developed around the same time as Jedi Fallen Order, but hers was axed along with the entire Visceral Studios. Um, but other than that, we don't really know too much about uh, you know what's going on at EA Star Wars. But now we know that Project Maverick, whatever the hell it is, is going on, and it was far enough along in development for there to be a leak from a PSN store in Europe. So um, pretty interesting piece there. Uh, like I said, not too many details on this yet. Uh, but if more pops up, you know where to go, StarWarsTime.net. Okay, that kind of takes us to the end of the, the, the fandom toy section of the news. I'm going to blow through a few other pieces. These are actually pretty, uh, some of these are pretty juicy pieces, pretty awesome videos to watch. Um, I know that we're not going to discuss these at length today on the, on the show, but everything's there for you in the post shell. So make sure to stop by there, click on the links, check out what's in there because it's some pretty cool stuff. First up, what we're going to talk about is the upcoming Tross home release. So for those of you out there um, who are ex actually excited about the, the Rise of Skywalker home release, I am. I've already pre-ordered it on Vudu. I'm going to get my $3 credit. That's a big plus. Another big plus is we're going to get a lot of cool featurettes. One of those not being deleted scenes. Matt and I talked about that a few weeks ago. Uh, but one thing we are getting is a, is a pretty extensive full-length feature that is the making of The Rise of Skywalker. And, and, and I think the name of the featurette is actually like the Skywalker Legacy. Um, and one of the, the interesting discussion points in there is around uh, Carrie Fisher and how she was used in the show and how the not only the visual effects team, but the, you know, the actors and you know the everybody on set all the way up to J.J. Abrams, how they kind of dealt with this uh, fact that Carrie Fisher was no longer with them, but was also an integral part of this story. Um, so, so one of these little featurette clips was released on Good Morning America earlier this week, and it was specifically around Billy Lord, Carrie's daughter, and and what this was like for her, because in certain scenes in the movie, uh, Billy actually had to stand in. Uh, for as Princess Leia, uh, most uh, most namely was the the sequence in which Leia was training in her Jedi training with Luke. The flashback scene um, that was all done by Billy, and then also just those moments in the film when you know when Daisy was was sitting there and having the emotional conversation in the in the early parts of the movie with Carrie. She wasn't there, so kind of Daisy talking through um, how that was acting with. Nobody re really there to reciprocate what your, you know, what your conversation's about. So it was very interesting. It was only two minutes, but it does give a good insight into what you can expect from that particular featurette. Um, and this is only going to be available on the Tross digital release, which releases on March 17th. Uh, the Blu-ray release, the physical disc release, will release on the 31st. So if you guys are still on the, the physical train, I'm not sure why. Um, you're not going to get this full length documentary and you're also going to have to wait an extra two weeks. So get yourself a Vudu subscription, get yourself iTunes or whatever the hell else you want to use for your digital movie subscriptions. Go get this pre-ordered. If you do it on Vudu before the 17th, you get a $3 credit that you can put towards anything else. So get up on it. I know a lot of you hate Tross. Some of you hate Tross. I liked it. 
I cried five times when I saw it. But you know what? It was fucking awesome. So shut the fuck up. I don't care if I cried. It was great. Wasn't perfect. Nothing's perfect. But I enjoyed it enough to see it five times in theaters and pre-order the digital release. So get on it. Next up, we have uh, a little bit of sad news. Not really a little bit. It's a a big piece of sad news, especially for those of you who are fans of not only Star Wars, but Game of Thrones and Flash Gordon and a lot of these popular, super popular sci-fi franchises um, that have been in the you know the geekosphere for a long time and this is uh, about the passing of max von Sydow. Um for those of you who are unfamiliar with the name he is lore santeca from the force awakens so in the very beginning the older man that poe's talking to in the hut um basically the person who gives him the rest of the or you know gives him the rest of the star map that leads to luke skywalker on acto Um, He passed away this week. He was 90 years old. And and really, uh, Max von Sydow is one of those character actors that you've probably seen in multiple movies before. Um, But depending on your level of knowledge of the the movie universe and and actors and things like that, you may have not known who he was. But um, Max was in over 100 movies in his his long life. Um, Most notably for people now... He played the Three-Eyed Raven in uh, Game of Thrones, um, and he was also featured in, in, in many different things, video games. He played uh, the voice of Esbern, the Knight Esbern in uh, Elder Scrolls V Skyrim, so if you've played that game as much as I have, you've definitely heard his voice before. Emperor Ming in the original Flash Gordon. Um, he played Lamar Burgess in Minority Report, so if you like that Steven Spielberg slash Tom Cruise movie, Uh, He was a pretty big part of that one as well. Um, So just, you know, close your eyes, have a quiet moment for Max von Sydow. Watch some Game of Thrones. Watch The Force Awakens. Go back and watch some of his old movies because the guy was an absolutely fantastic actor. Whether you knew him or not, it's well worth it to go back and look at his IMDb page and, and look up some of those movies that he was involved in early in his career and later in his career. Um, so RIP, may the force be with you, Max von Sydow. Next up, we have uh, a piece of news around The Mandalorian Season 2. I know that it was coming around quicker than a lot of people expected. Um, most of us were expecting Mando Season 2 to probably be towards the end of the year, maybe November, December. Um, but we got news a f- couple of months ago, or maybe a month ago, that Mando season two is actually dropping on October, uh, like early October 2020. So not too far away, about nine months, eight months, seven months, seven months. Nine months is the end of the year. I can't do math. But um, filming, the, the news is around the filming. The filming has officially wrapped. And this comes from uh, the director of photography, the DP, the cinematographer, whatever you want to call him. His name is Baz. I'm going to say it. Idoin, I-D-O-I-N-E. Baz Idoin is his uh, Instagram handle. And if you go on there, you can see a nice picture on there of a Mando clapboard. And then the, uh, the caption reads, that's a wrap on season two. So no real better source than the actual person who's filming it to say that the entirety of season two has already been filmed and wrapped, which means they have seven months to do post before it's ready to drop on October. Uh, October 14th, I think, is the day 
but I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong. Um, but Mando season two in the can, ready for post. Looking forward to it. If you dropped your Disney Plus subscription, one, you're an idiot because there's still the Clone Wars going on, which we will get to shortly. And two, get back on it before Mando Season 2 comes out because that shit's going to be tight. Nice. All right. Another piece of news around an upcoming Disney Plus uh, TV series, live action as well. And this is a leaked shoot date for none other than the Cassian Andor series. Um, this comes out of a an email list or a, a blast from productionlist.com, which is basically an industry jobs board. Like you, this is something that you can sign up for uh, if you work in the movie industry. It's like a $50 a month membership, but they send you information about projects that are in development, that are being filmed, where they're being filmed, and all the information that you need to know to get in touch with the people who are important enough to do that kind of shit. So what came out of production list this week for Cass and Andor was the shoot date, the start date for filming. And it's listed as June 1st, 2020. So that's less than three months out. And the location is in London. Um, as we all know, Pinewood Studios is in London. Pinewood's where they did all of the on-set shooting and shit like that for the movies. So it's not a surprise that Cassian is going to be filming in London. Um, there's really no other details that came out around this. Basically, what it says is shoot date, location, which I've said, and then the project summary for this, which project summaries can be nothing, they can be something, they could be made up, whatever. The project summary for this particular one says prequel series to Star Wars Rogue One following the adventures of Cassian Andor during the formative years of the Rebellion. Pretty much exactly what we already knew. We knew that we were going to see a younger Cassian. We know that Diego Luna is going to be in it. And we know that Diego Luna doesn't really look old to start with. So it's going to be really easy to play a young Cassian Andor in this series. So June 1st, 2020. If you're in London, try to sneak on set and get us some set pics. Send them to us. Become a source. We need your sources. Send us pictures. Um, but yeah, so look forward to that. Uh, we were always, we were always kind of guessing that this was going to be a 2021 start date, knowing that we have Clone Wars now, we have Mando for the back half of 2020, and we're going to need something new for that 2021, uh, time period for Star Wars Disney Plus content. So we're, we're assuming that that's probably going to be early 2021 drop date for the Cassian Andor series. Um, so that's out of productionlist.com, a leak there, you caught a leak, um, but industry professionals all know about it. I'm going to take a sip of water here, people, because I've been talking for a few minutes and my mouth is dry. All right, next up is another leak from an industry board, industry job board as well. And this is around the Star Wars Kenobi series that's going to start filming next year. We know that. One thing that we got for sure... Uh, via another kind of jobs post industry leak was the working title for this series. Um, Star Wars Kenobi working title Pilgrim. Yes. So that is your working title. That's just like, you know, what, you know, all of the different working titles for many movies. Blue Harvest was the working title for Star Wars A New Hope Episode 4. There have been many other working titles for many other different things out there as well. So... That's the working title. The one piece of information here that, that we put out as an official plot synopsis but has since been kind of 
Um, not, I wouldn't call it shot down because this is the plot synopsis that was included on the jobs posting and on the jobs listing. Um, but it has been found to be basically ripped straight from the 2013 old EU novel by that name, by the name Kenobi. Um, but we do have a synopsis and this is what it reads. Now, again, that we like, we already know that this has come straight from a book. So it could just be that they needed some sort of filler, to put on the the plot synopsis for the job post. But anyway, here's what it says. It says, Tatooine, a harsh desert world where families, where farmers toil in the heat of two sons while trying to protect themselves and their loved ones from the marauding Tusken Raiders, a backwater planet on the edge of civilized space and an unlikely place to find a Jedi master in hiding or an orphan boy on whose tiny shoulders rests the future of a galaxy. Known to locals only as Ben, the bearded and robed off-worlder, is an enigmatic stranger who keeps to himself, shares nothing of his past, and goes to great pains to remain an outsider. But as tensions escalate between the farmers and a tribe of sand people led by a ruthless war chief, Ben finds himself drawn into the fight, endangering the very mission that brought him to Tatooine. Ben, Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi, a hero of the Clone Wars, traitor to the Empire, and protector of the galaxy's last hope can no can no longer turn his back on evil than he can reject his dre- uh, Jedi training. When and when blood is spilled unjustly, innocent lives threatened, and a ruthless opponent unmasked, Ben has no choice but to call on the wisdom of the Jedi and the formidable power of the Force in his never-ending fight for justice. So that's the whole synopsis. But as I said, if you go and you Google. The, the Kenobi novel from 2013, and you look at that, the interior flap of that book basically has this entire synopsis on it. So it's not, like I said in the previous post for the Cassian Andor thing, it's not uncommon for these plot synopsises, especially on these job postings, which are really only supposed to be seen by industry professionals. It's not surprising that these are basically either just, you know, filler content or they don't have any real information or it's not something that's actually indicative of what's being done there the person who's holding the boom mic for you know uh for diego luna or for you know ewan mcgregor on these shows doesn't need to know the entire plot synopsis of it all they need to know is the contact information of the people to get in touch with for the jobs and where they need to be so the plot synopsis itself we know yes comes from a book but the working title pilgrim is legit We also have some other information on there. Um, Status, January 2021, we know that already. That that came from Ewan himself saying that they pushed filming to that time. Uh, Location, Pinewood Studios and Boston. So they may be switching, you know, doing a little back and forth uh, for those locations. The the producers listed are Kathleen Kennedy, Jason McGatlin, Tracy Seward, and John Swartz. Director is Deborah Chow. Um, the line producer, the LP is Kate Hazel. And then the cast right now is listed as Ewan McGregor. So, um, good information, not all accurate information. Yes, we know we got ripped apart on Reddit for this, but you know what? This is a legit post. So I'm sorry that the people on the job boards fucking used uh, a novel synopsis from seven years ago. Not our fault. Um, 
Okay, so that is kind of the leak news, TV series news, blah, blah, blah. There's a couple of other pieces to get to, and it surrounds the Tross novelization that hasn't come out yet, but a lot of people got their hands on through C2E2. Um, they were giving out early copies to Star Wars fans there. So a lot of people have a copy of the book, and they've been kind of leaking select things online. Uh, I'm not going to read all of the pages that have shown up, but I'm just going to kind of give you a you know an, an overview of, of what has come out since these books especially in the last week um so one second here we go uh ray's dad we know that ray's dad from watching tross spoiler alert for tross if you haven't seen it yet if you haven't what the fuck is wrong with you um ray Ray's father is Palpatine's son. A lot of us had questions around, like, well, how is he Palpatine's son? Did Palp, like, bang somebody? Did Palp actually have a kid? Is he, like, an adopted son? Or is he, like, a stolen child? What is going on here? Um, well, the book has revealed to us that, that um, this father of Ray was a clone. He was a clone child, basically... Um, you could tell from the prequels that, that one of Palpatine's many passions in life, other than ruling the galaxy and doing all the shit that he likes to do, is cloning. He built an entire army of clones for the Grand Republic and then used them to switch and destroy that Republic with which they were defending. Um, so this passion for cloning has kind of kept on in his second life, third life. Who knows how many fucking lives Chief Palpatine's had. But, um, you know, we know that, that we know now that through this novel, um, Ray's father was a clone, uh, which explains why, you know, you know, how this link between her and Palpatine was formed through her father. So he was a, he was a strand cast, as they call him. One genetic strand cast lived, thrived even, and not quite identical clone, his son, uh, but he was a useless, powerless failure. Palpatine could not even bear to look upon such a disappointing ordinariness. That is a weird way to put it. Such disappointing ordinariness. Hmm, interesting. Um, the boy's only worth would lay in continuing the, the bloodline through more natural methods. So this was one of the clones, I guess, you know, trying to, to further his legacy and cement the, the long-lasting life of the Sith. Palpatine was sitting there and, and basically making clones, making clones to see if he could get one that was one, as powerful in the force as he was, and two, would be as obedient uh, as he could ever imagine. So this was not one of those. He somehow either escaped out into the real world or he was, you know, cast off to, to die in a, on a desolate planet like Jakku and ended up thriving. And then through that blood that coursed through his veins was born Ray, and although the Force powers were dormant in him, they clearly were not in, in Ray, and that's how she became as powerful as she is. So that's some that's some info on Ray's backstory, Ray's father, who he is, where he came from, and why Ray has the the level of powers that she does. The second on this uh, on this week's kind of Tross novel spoilers. Are, is, is how Palpatine survived his inevitable fall, 
down the shaft at the end of Return of the Jedi. So um, it was pretty. That was that was a pretty hard one for for most people to figure out. Um, initially, Matt and I both thought that like the body he was in in Tross was just the body that he fucking you know was thrown down the shaft in. As we were saying on previous podcasts, we saw fucking Darth Maul get cut in half and fall down a shaft and survive and came back in the same body. So it wasn't beyond the the pale that this motherfucker could just fall down the shaft, even be blown to bits and then still come back in the same body. But what we did find out is that um, he had already kind of planned, Palpatine that is, for this inevitable betrayal. I mean, that is the way of the Sith. The Sith don't just become best buddies forever and then the master dies and the apprentice takes over. No, the, the Sith know that the the apprentice must usurp the master. Um, and the master is never supposed to just, you know, concede his power. Um, he's He wants to try to live on as, as long as he can, even if that does mean through unnatural methods. Uh, you know, cloning and dark powers and magic and all this different stuff. So basically Palpatine had a contingency plan ready for whenever this moment came and Darth Vader was about to strike him down. And and what he had was a secret location with, you know, basically the secret location was Exegol, um, where all of these Sith Eternals were already, um, they were already gathered there and they were preparing for his, you know, his essentially his second life. Um, and there on Exocol was already a cloned body ready for his essence to be transferred to. Um, the problem was, is as you know, this was kind of goes through the, the description of the novel. I'm not going to read the whole page, but as he's falling, so he's, he sees it, he knows it's coming. He knows it's going to happen. He's falling through the shaft on Death Star 2. And before, he says, before his body even hits the ground, that physical body was dead. But he, his essence and his livelihood uh, was transferred through the force over to this clone body that he had on Exegol ready for him. But, But the body was not in a prepared state. It was in the state that we see in, in Tross. It was in this degraded and, and, you know, not fully formed state. So he basically was just sitting there in an incomplete body and and needed to be kept alive, you know, through this machinery and through all of these different, you know, methods that the Sith Eternals were using to keep him alive. So um, it wasn't, you know, some people thought that it could have been that he, you know, transferred his essence into, a, a you know, a, a material or something like that. It had been done in, in old canon and it could be done again a new canon where you can kind of pass your essence on to a place or a location. And then, you know, you can then you can go and, and I guess you could say possess people from there, but that, that didn't happen in this case. He actually um, had this prepared and this clone body ready for him to jump into in a moment's notice since he was ready for Darth Vader to go in for that killing strike. So this kind of brings us to the end of our news pieces. Now, before we jump into the Clone Wars, uh, you know, Easter egg review and everything like that, I'm going to bring in our special guest this week, and that special guest is my girlfriend, Taylor. I mentioned to you guys last week that there was about a 15% chance that Taylor would join us on this cast, and that 15% came true. I guilted her every day 
I said, I I support (laughs) her in all of her endeavors day after day. I toil. I, I bring myself to my knees to make sure that she is taken care of. The one thing that she can do for me in my life is to sit in on a podcast and she agreed to do it. So everybody, welcome Taylor to the Star Wars Time Show. Yay! Yay. Hi guys. Yay! So excited to see how this goes. I've never podcasted before, so no promises on how this ends. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I'm here to shepherd you through. So um, before we get into any of the Clone Wars content, what I want to do is kind of allow you guys to learn a little bit about Taylor and her background in Star Wars. We're not going to go into any personal stuff, but... I'm just going to do like a, a mini interview with Taylor so you guys get to know her a little bit. I get to know her a little bit. I've been dating her for two years tomorrow. I don't even know this guy. He like met me outside on the sidewalk. Yeah, I literally brought a stranger into my home. I said, <laughs> I need a podcast companion for this. Please fill in. Um, so I'm just going to do a little Q&A with Taylor to get you guys up to speed on where her Star Wars knowledge is. It's not as much as mine, because I'm fucking cool. I don't think anybody's is as much as yours. Well, I'm sure that some of our listeners would disagree. (laughs) Um, Okay, so Taylor and I started dating about two years ago. Um, We knew each other for about a few months prior to that, like six, seven months prior to that. So, So what was your level of exposure to Star Wars before we started dating? literally none like i knew that star wars existed my dad was a big trekkie when i was younger and in my mind star wars was basically the same thing as star trek and i just kind of left it at that see guys that's where we were (laughs) when we started so we were she she was literally like ground zero what's a star war Who's Darth Vader? So remember, some, we so background. <laughs> Nick and I used to work to. Well, I guess we still work. We together. still work together still work as together. of right now. But we met at work, and I remember somebody at work talking about how uh, Darth Vader was Luke's dad, and I was literally like, "Spoiler alert, guys!" Like I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, this is <laughs> decades old at this point, and I had no idea. Yeah. Can't call spoiler alert on that one from 81. So not not happening or 80. Um, so so you had no exposure to Star Wars before we started dating. Even like in the beginning, like for a while, we didn't like I didn't really I never did I ever force Star Wars on you really? Like No, but you encouraged me strongly. I okay, <laughs> that's one way to put it. So what was your what was your first exposure to Star Wars then? Um, there is a drive-in movie theater here in Austin, and I saw that they were doing Star. I don't even remember which the beginning, the first one, mm-hmm. the first movie. I yeah, what's so it called? A New Hope, Episode yeah. Four. So episode this is all the original trilogy. Yeah, all they were it. doing it at a drive-in, and I was like, I've been wanting to go to the drive-in for a while. I know that Nick likes the Star Wars sort of thing, so I figured this was a happy medium for the both of us. Um, so yeah, that was my first one. And we ended up watching all three of them, all three of the original trilogy, right? Yes. At the drive in, not the same night because that would have been so very long, but within the first like month, two months, we watched all three of them. Um, and they were super interesting. I really enjoyed it. I like science fictiony things, very into sci-fi. So I guess it's weird that I hadn't seen it, but yeah, enjoyed it. So before that though. So we got them. We have her movie background. The first time she saw the OT, before okay. that, you were exposed to some books, correct? Oh yeah, I forgot about those. So tell tell them about the books that you read first. Okay, yeah. So I'm a big reader. 
Um, and I think Nick realized that the way to get me to be interested in Star Wars was not to just throw them at me, but to do something that I liked. So Nick has a few books and he was just like, oh yeah, they're like super interesting. Like maybe just, just read one or two and see how it goes. So I, what was the first one that I read? So I, mean, you, I don't know any of the titles. So I gave her the, I have the entire Darth Bane trilogy. Yes. So I nice. gave her the first one. I was like, look, it's just like, it's the sci-fi book. Like you don't need to know anything about the movies because the good thing about the Darth Bane. I think that's Bane how you sold it to me. Yeah. It was like. They don't have anything to do with anything else. So like this is kind of exists in its own little vacuum. Exactly. So all of the characters in the Darth Bane series, none of them show back up in, in the movies. None of them are really even that pertinent to the movies in general. It was a true expansion of the universe back before, um, you know, canon was reset. So I gave her the first one. And she read the whole trilogy, so yeah, because that was the one with Ventress. No, no, so that, that was the, the oh wow, see that was sad. the one with Darth Xana. Remember Xana, Rain, the little girl. Oh yes, yes. With Rain and with Darth Bane, mm -hmm. and all of those, and you know the the uh, they're kind of when he was at the academy, he was at the Sith yes. Academy, and yeah, yeah. And I remember now. So she read those, and then. And then. Um, one of our things that we used to do before we started dating was we'd go to the library a lot. There's a big, huge, nice library in Austin. We would go go there all the time. And um, she found a couple. She You found one book that, that there yourself that you liked. It was called, it was the new canon called Dark Disciple, the book about yes. Ventress. Yes. Yeah. So I didn't, I haven't read that book. I have no idea what that book's about. So Taylor, why don't you give us a little bit of a, a quick, do you remember anything? I don't think I even remember. There were like two. I, I have no idea. I don't remember anything about it, honestly. Wow. So Ventress I like is read it, it and then immediately forgot everything that I read. And then Quinlan Voss, right? Like yeah. that was her lover. Those was that right? sound right. I don't remember. <sighs> See, this is what I have to deal Useless. with. Useless. <laughs> I remember every... I remember literally everything that's associated with Star Wars. And yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, like a star <laughs> happened and then like a war happened and this is then it's gone. Blasphemy. <laughs> I remember things from books that I read when I was like 14 years old. She can't remember something There's from There's a, a book. lot of books that have been in my head. I read like a lot of books she, last year. She does. She reads all the time. She's fucking weird. I read like, like 90 books last year. Matt and I can't read a comic book put together in less than two weeks. Oh my God. And Taylor reads like three books a week like yeah, three whole ass books a week that's not an exaggeration that's like a true statement. yeah i know it's disgusting <laughs> like it it makes me ill to sit here like this is how much taylor loves books as one of our first like one of the first gifts that i gave her was a kindle and i was like oh my god i'm yeah. giving you like a, a book thing here yeah, here is a it gets so much use <laughs> i use it all the time i was reading it before this here is a digital library so we don't have to go to the physical one anymore because all of those pages support your local libraries yes. people they have star wars books and star wars movies and comic books and comic books support your local library that wasn't supposed to be a PSA, but it's turned into it one. It did. You know what? That's how we flow on the Star Wars time show. We don't really have an agenda here. We just have conversations. So um, so you read the books. You read some books. Yeah. You saw the original trilogy. So leading up to The Rise of Skywalker. That's the last one? That was the one that we saw in the movies recently. Okay. The last one. So leading up to The Rise of Skywalker, I was like, okay, so... Now you've seen the original trilogy. Do you like them? Um, and she was like, yeah, yeah, I like them. So 
before we get into that, so like, do you remember the original movies? Yes. Which one was your favorite? It doesn't, Uh, you don't have to like, it doesn't have to be like an analytical discussion um, on it. What was your favorite? Honestly, I think the first one was my favorite. I liked all the setting of the story and I like getting the, like, not really background, but getting to meet kind of the characters and getting a little bit about the world. And I feel like if I had seen that way back when, I don't know when that came out in like the 70s. That came out in 1977. You would have seen it. Probably, okay, you but were, like yeah. hypothetically speaking, if I'd seen it in '77, I think I would have just been blown away by it. I feel like, I mean, maybe you guys talk about this all the time. I don't know, but like, there's so many movies that have kind of taken that very classic trope now and like made it their own. But I think if I'd seen it, then I'd be like, oh my god, what is this? This is space and fighting and wow. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so A New Hope was your favorite. Yeah. Which characters? It doesn't have to be one of the, like. Oh. It doesn't have to be one of the big three. Like, it doesn't have to be Han, Luke, or Leia, but who was your favorite character that you can um, remember? I like C-3PO, because, <laughs> like, I see myself in him. He's, like, a little bit awkward and weird and just wants to follow the rules all the time. Um, True. So, yeah, it me. I never made that connection until oh, now. No, I always make... As the first time I saw him, I was like, wow, it me. That's embarrassing. I'm a robot. Oh, but, man. Yeah. Now, I can't unsee that now. Yeah. So, I'm... You're dating C-3PO. Oh, How's no. How's that feel? That just changes my entire perspective on this. Sorry, guys, you're gonna hear our breakup right We're now. We're gonna guys, end this podcast early. <laughs> this is the end of the Star Wars time show Yikes. for this week. Thank you for joining us, and Taylor will never be heard from again. No, um, that's interesting though, because not a lot of people will say the droids like the oh, but, droids. Like, they're characters too, though. They like, are. They're like a big part of things. No, they are. And in fact, George himself would tell you that Star Wars is told through the lens of the droids because they're the only ones that are there. They're the only characters they're that like are the most there constant the whole way through. Yeah. yeah. And like you literally are seeing things through their eyes when they're like projecting bits and stuff like that. So like that makes sense to me. Yeah. So. Um, very interesting. I didn't, I didn't know that. So I learned that. So now I know to buy Taylor C3PO merch. Please, please don't do that. So that's going to be on the Christmas <laughs> Things list I for don't this need. year. C3PO socks. Awesome. Are those a thing? They I probably Stance are. Stance makes those actually. Stance makes a lot of cool Star Wars socks. Stance does. We have, we went to Disney. We no, before. we got was at Celebration. Celebration. Yeah. So she was with me at Celebration. Um, they're the, $18 socks, but they're worth literally every single penny. They're very we'll good. Say. They're very comfortable socks. Um, so that was your thoughts on the original trilogy. Yeah. So leading up to Tross, I wanted to, I was like, okay, like I know she likes it. I know she was at least tangentially interested in what was happening on the screen in front of her. I know the screen was big cause we were at a drive-in. It wasn't a regular home sc- you know, screen. So there was nothing to divert her attention from. It was just the screen. Um, I was, I was like, let's see if we can get her into the prequel trilogy or the seek, not the prequels. We haven't, Taylor has not seen the prequels yet. I hear they're overrated. I don't know if, if we're going to watch them. I don't know, um, if that's going to happen, but, uh, she has not seen the prequels, which is going to make the next, next discussion very interesting. Um, (laughs) but the sequels, I was like, I, I'm into the sequels. Like I love the force awakens uh tlj was okay um and i was excited for tross like if you go back and listen to all the podcasts leading up to it but both matt and i were really fucking pumped for tross so i was like all right let's get her let's see if we can get her into the the sequel trilogy so um we watched the force awakens together at home um 
And then we took a long stretch of time off. It was like three months. Okay, that wasn't well, that long. I will was say it really that. Wasn't that long? Well, no, it wasn't that long because while we were watching the sequel trilogy, we watched The Force Awakens, but then we also watched Rogue One and Solo. Yeah. Um, but we waited. I think I saw that before. Did we watch that before we, we saw the actually the ones? here we go yeah so this is actually something that. interesting is i showed taylor's first movie we forgot to mention yeah, I totally this, forgot about that was actually rogue one because we found out we we booked our tickets to the to the drive-in yes that's and what it was. i was like oh well if we're gonna go see the original trilogy why don't we watch rogue one it had already come out on digital so i had it on voodoo so i booted it up and she was like well why are you showing me this one first i thought that this one from 1977 was the first one and I was like, well, Rogue One is like a prequel to it. Rogue One gives you direct context into what's happening yeah. in uh it like Hope. starts where the other one like ends, basically, right? Yes. So um yeah, so A New Hope starts right where Rogue One ends. You're like you literally at the end of Rogue One see the Tanif for the ship kind of breaking away, and then boom, you pick up in, in A New Hope and you're right there. Um so we showed her that first. Um, so she saw that movie first before the original trilogy. And then after the original trilogy, before we watched TFA, we watched Solo. So, cause I was like, Hey, look, if you liked, since you liked Han Solo, you liked the original trilogy movies here, let's watch Solo. This is a movie about Han as a, you know, a younger kind of pre, you know, infamous smuggler character. So we watched that and she was pretty into it. Like, you liked Solo, right? I liked Solo. Yeah. I thought it was a lot of fun. I mean, there was just like a lot of action, and I think maybe other people who are like diehard Star Wars fans, I don't, I don't know what their opinions were, but I think since I had no idea who anybody was, and that was my first real introduction to anybody in the the universe, I thought it was cool. Yeah, yeah. It was a good, it was a good first movie. Yeah, it was a fun movie. Like, there's so no pressure to like to like like or dislike that one. Yeah, Solo is really easy. There's a lot of fun scenes in it. You get introduced to Chewbacca. You get, you know, Is that to when see... we met Lando? That was when you see Lando. Yeah. yeah, that was Childish Gambino, a.k.a. Donald Glover, a.k.a. Lando Calrissian. Um, so yeah, that she liked that one as well. And I was like, all right, we're on a good streak here. She's liked Rogue One. She liked the original trilogy. She liked Solo, which at the time... Solo was like the one that everybody hated. Everybody was like, ah, Solo is crap. I was into it. Matt was into it. And as you can hear, Taylor was into it because it's a fun movie. So I was like, let's go into the sequels, ride the train. So the next thing that we watched was The Force Awakens. Um, and I think that generally after The Force Awakens, you were pretty, you were like, okay, I'm into this. That's when you got introduced to Rey. Mm -hmm. That's when you got to see kind of uh, all the new characters for the first time. So like that first movie that if you can, I know that you, you're Taylor is way better at remembering books than movies. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so the fact that I'm asking her to remember something specifically about the force awakens, she could literally just say like, I don't really remember anything, but I'm going to see what's there. Let's see. So be a the, surprise for the both of the us. The force awakens. It's the one where you get introduced to Ray. Yeah. You get, to see old Han Solo and an older Chewbacca again right. and all the what was your first like what was your impression of that film? It was fine. I think I liked the original trilogy better, but I was like, okay, cool, like because we met uh what's his name? The one who was a stormtrooper and then left Finn. Finn. Yeah. I liked Finn because he was just like 
a little bit light, even though he was like doing really heavy things. I thought that he was like a bit of comic relief. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was good. Okay. It wasn't like the best movie I'd ever seen in my entire life, but like I liked it enough to watch the next one. Yes. So let's <laughs> let's let's touch on that next one for a little bit. So the next one being the Last Jedi. Now, um, we know the Last Jedi as the movie that sparked the fandom menace and that really kind of brought out all of the negative and toxicity that we're seeing in Star Wars fandom now. Um, so. I kind of put off watching that movie for a, for a bit so we could wait till we were closer to the Tross release. We watched it like two weeks out or something. Yeah, it was like two. It was yeah, it was like two or three weeks out. I was like, okay, let's watch TLJ. Um, it was the worst movie I'd ever seen in my entire <laughs> fucking life, and I wanted to scoop my eyeballs out with rusty spoons because I hated it so much. I, that is. Look, that's what she said as the movie finished. So that's not like I was like she... throwing a fit as the movie. We had like 30 minutes left of the movie and I was like thrashing about <laughs> on the couch because I was so miserable that I had to continue watching this pile of steaming garbage. Okay. So It was so boring. Strong thoughts. I will say that Can't I confirm or deny that I was thrashing about. No, she was <laughs> Yeah, no, that was real. Like that was real. She there was thrashing, there was some you know, there was like questioning existence. True. Why am I here? What did I do wrong? What 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 have I done to wrong you to force me through this? Yeah, I have voc. You know, I've said many times that TLJ is not my favorite Star Wars movie, but I was never on a vehement hatred end that Taylor is on. So while it didn't surprise me that she didn't like the movie, the level of hatred that she's shown towards it was a little bit unexpected, to say the least. I so. mean, it was just really boring. It, it took so long to tell this. Like, you could have cut that down. I was drained emotionally and physically by yeah. the end of that film. It's a long movie. Like, it, it continues to be the longest Star Wars movie of all time. Um... And it is. It's slow. It's not as action heavy as as like the Force Awakens was, because the Force Awakens you had the fight at the castle, and then you had, you know, the the aerial battle, and then you had the fight on uh, in the snow where you first meet Kylo. You know, you see Kylo Ren fight and everything like that. TLJ is definitely a slower movie, and Taylor, as a as a visual media fan, Taylor is not a fan of things that drag. Like she likes action. She likes things that move quickly. So not not surprising that she didn't like it. Vehement hatred is not what I was expecting. I was so against that film. <laughs> yeah, so much so that I legitimately, and as, as I mentioned on the podcast before, I did not know if I was going to be, be able to get her to go see The Rise of Skywalker. I, I was, didn't know if you were going to be able yeah. to get me there. I, so I told Matt, I was like, I think I've pretty much fucked myself on in terms of getting Taylor to go see Tross. And he's like, why? What happened? I was like, she watched TLJ and she hated it. Just outright. There was no question. I was like, she'd seen, you know, five movies before that. Six movies before that. Rogue One, the original trilogy and Solo. And she was all, she was very content with what was happening throughout all of those. And then fucking TLJ just cut the little piece of Star Wars that was in her body completely out. So I, there was a lot, there was a long time there where I did not think that you were gonna go. I see was like Tross. very adamantly against going to see the next one. You were like you kept asking me to go, and I was like I would literally rather do anything else in my entire life than go see this movie. I'm pretty sure that that's a direct quote 
I know she just said it, but that was a direct quote from before we yeah. actually went to go see it. Um, so Tross comes around. I had already seen it four times. Um, so weird. And the thing is, is Taylor and I both have uh, Regal Unlimited Pass, so we get to see all of our movies for free. It's $20 a month to get to see as many movies as you want for free. Um, so I was like, look, we don't even have to pay for it. It's something easy to do on the weekend. Like we had had a couple of lazy weekends before that. I was like, let's just let's just go see it. Like, what's it's it's two hours and twenty ish minutes of your life. Like, what what's it gonna hurt? And I was like, look, you get to you get to see the finale. You get to see it all wrapped up. I like, care about the finale at I, that point. See this just. I hurts. literally didn't even. I could have never seen another Star War ever again. It just and I would hurt. Have been so pleased. It hurt my soul. <laughs> But you know what? That's what you have to deal with in relationships. You just have to deal with tiny pieces of your soul being cut out <laughs> on a relatively, you know, Yikes. I don't, I won't say consistent basis, but it I happens. Say consistent, it's cool. I, I, it happens. So, um, I convince you to go see Tross. Yeah. Yeah. What were your thoughts on that movie? It was so much better. I was like, I don't think I even said this to you then, but like I. I'm glad that I finished my Star Wars run on that note as opposed to the one prior because I think I would have just been miserable for the rest of my life. But it was so much more action-packed-y. And like, I remember you saying, I think I overheard you saying this on the podcast or maybe you were talking to friends, but like, you're like it just moves so fast that like, you don't even know what's going on for the first 30 minutes, which like was an accurate statement, but I liked it. Like things were just happening over here with Kylo and things were happening over here with Ray and like things were happening all around the galaxy. And I was just like, Oh my God, what's going to happen next? Who's going to win? Are they going to get there? So I don't know. I like, I very much enjoyed it. And I just thought the journeys were so good. The like characters ended in really good places. Um, yeah. Big fan actually of the last one. So if only the second one had been as good as that one. So surprise, surprise. She hated TLJ. She loved Tross. Is that like an opposite reaction it, of most people? Kind of. I mean, like, oh I God, think... How does anybody like that middle one? It was so garbage. It's, it's, the, I'm not saying it's the worst movie I ever saw, but it's probably the, up there. The Last Jedi is a very unique thing in Star Wars. The Last Jedi is is basically the first attempt or the first That's execution... The yes. Okay. Of a Star Wars art film. It was it was more of an artistic take I don't on like Star artistic Wars. Artistic takes on things. I just want them to be what they are. Yeah. So um, that's it's not surprising because typically, I mean, what you would see initially in the reaction was that people who hated TLJ at least liked the Rise of Skywalker. They liked it a little bit more. I think the general sentiment around the Rise of Skywalker is people are disappointed because. I mean, for, for people like you, you don't know any of the surrounding things around it. So you just like it as the movie that it is. Yeah. Like you just, you saw it. You were like, I like what I see on the screen. I like the moments that happened. I like everything on there. Boom. You like it. Now for psychos, like people listening to podcasts like <laughs> me, like Matt and all of those surrounding Star Wars fans, we know that there is a that there was a huge story around The Rise of Skywalker. Initially, it was supposed to be three hours and 15 minutes. How like, long was it? It was like two hours and 26 minutes. Oh, that's like a big chunk. That's a big chunk. So everybody was expecting this movie to be three hours long. You saw Avengers Endgame with mm -hmm. me. That was a three-hour-plus-long movie. 
And everybody was expecting, like, we're going to get three-hour end of Star Wars movie. Pumped. We hear three-hour and 15-minute cut exists. Um, the initial runtime that was put out to the public before the release was two hours and 42 minutes, which made it the longest Star Wars movie of all time. So you had 16 extra minutes in there that got cut. And then, um, you know, the movie comes out two hours and 26 minutes. So there's a lot of just, there's a lot of uproar from the community around like, what are we missing? And basically that hour of the movie that was removed. And then there was a lot of leaked information that like, J.J. Abrams, the person who, who created this movie, was forced to remove a lot of content that he had written, and Disney basically, like, bullied him into, into making this movie under two and a half hours long. But, like, why, though? We don't know. That's the problem, is, like, we don't know but why what's the benefit did. for Disney in making it a shorter movie? That's a good question. I think there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of waning faith in the Star Wars franchise, at the executive level at Disney. Probably because they saw that other middle one that sucked. That's one way to think about <laughs> it. Um, basically, the, the movie that released right before uh, The Rise of Skywalker was Solo. And Solo, even though you liked it, I liked it, it only made $350-ish million at the box office. Every movie before that made over a billion. So they were like, oh my God, Star Wars is dead. We've... It's, we, we've that's such We've a weird thing to ground. think. I feel like you can't really compare... Like, granted, it's still a Star Wars movie, but it's not part of a trilogy or anything like that. Like, people don't feel the same need to finish out an arc as they probably would. Yeah. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i obviously not a Disney exec, so this isn't my decision, and I'm sure you guys have had this conversation many a time, yeah. but that's just, like, a weird thing on how I think. It is. And there were a lot of things that fucked up Solo, namely... The fact that every Star Wars movie has been released in December since Disney started in 2015. And for some reason, they decided to release Solo in May, right in the middle of the releases of Avengers Endgame. And then Why they... would you compete with Endgame? Yeah, it was a real dumb move. So Isn't that Disney too? Yeah, that is also Disney. Okay. So it was, it was a bad move. Um, but there was a lot of, you know, misplaced... Um, apprehension towards Star Wars going into The Rise of Skywalker. And a lot of people think that if we if we would have just gotten the original three-hour and 15-minute cut, that movie would have been far better than what it is. Now, I've always been one who's enjoyed it. I Like I said, I saw it five times. Taylor saw me cry in a movie theater. The fifth time, you're still crying. I can't <laughs> help it. When those fucking ships come in and all of Poe's friends show up to help him save the day... It hits me emotionally. I mean, they're more than just Poe's friends. Yeah, they're the, the ga galaxy's friends. Yes, they're everybody's <laughs> friends. But with that moment, you just think it's over. You think it's over. You see everything exploding around him. He's basically giving his concession speech. He's like, I'm sorry, guys. I thought we could do it. And then you hear Lando, never give up hope. Boom! Everybody comes in, and it just hits me like a ton of bricks every time. Fucking cry like a baby. So I will watch it again on the home release, and I might cry at home too. Who the fuck knows? But it's pretty fucking awesome. Anyway, um, so yeah, that's kind of Taylor's Star Wars journey from like from literally like beginning to end. I mean, she started her Star Wars journey less than two years ago, maybe a little bit longer than two years yeah. ago. I think. Oh yeah, I guess it was right before we started dating. So yeah, a yeah. little bit longer than two years ago, and she's here now. I mean, she. 
her her faith in Star I have Wars. Have my very has, own podcast. This is actually my podcast. I'm kicking uh, Nick and Matt off. So yeah, let's, thanks, let's, guys. Let's just, let's just hold your horses. <laughs> Taylor's getting her own blog up and running first. She's got to get some followers before she can dedicate time to a podcast. So let's just hold on there. Um, so yeah, I mean, will so I will ask you this question before we go into our discussion on the Clone Wars, the most recent Clone Wars episode. Oh my gosh. Will you in 2022, which is when they're supposed to re-release, when Star Wars, the next movie is supposed to come out in 2022. Will you see it with me? I mean, I feel like I have to say yes. You're going to make me go whether I say yes or not. So I don't think I have a choice. See that, guys? That's when you know you're in a good relationship is when there is no choice. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of compromise earlier. Yeah. yeah. No, there's. I don't think I have a choice. I think I have to come with you. I will say that this new supposedly this new Star Wars movie that is coming out will be completely disconnected from anything else that has come before it. And honestly, I will say after we went to Disney, like went through Galaxy's Edge, that made me want to like it more. Mm -hmm. So like maybe I would see it because it reminded me of Disney. Yeah. On Galaxy's Edge. Did you enjoy that? Did you enjoy the gap? So this is before... I mean, it wasn't any like Harry Potter land, but yeah, it was cool. So this was before you hadn't seen TLJ yet, right? You hadn't seen The Last Jedi, the movie that you completely hated. Uh, or did you? I don't remember. I don't think you I don't did. think I had. So she was she was still in a good mental space yeah, Star I don't Wars think I'd wise. Seen it. So like you're like I had recounted my my you know time there and, and Matt will too because that's where he is now. So what was your thought like when you were going through it, just being a casual Star Wars watcher, I won't even call you a fan, a watcher of Star Wars, what did you think of it? I thought it was great. I thought it was super like being able to walk through the like marketplace and then come out and see the Millennium Falcon like life size was just super cool. I mean, I thought it was just really like overwhelming almost the amount of detail that they had put into everything. And like when I'm, I'm sure you guys have talked about this before, like when you're walking in line for the Millennium Falcon and being able to like scan the different packages and see all of the like smuggler codes, I thought that was just like maybe <laughs> I really am in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, yeah. The the immersion factor is pretty high. And look. For those of you who are like, oh, man, she's being very complimentary of Star... I did not tell her to say anything. He paid me to this be here. This is a podcast of integrity. I don't coerce answers. I don't force people to say anything they don't want to. This is all coming from the mouth of babes, her being the babes. So yeah. um, so some of the experiences that we did. So like the millennium, you mentioned the Falcon. We did the Falcon ride twice. What were your thoughts? I thought it was cool because you got to like be part of the ride yeah. and i feel like a lot of the rides at disney you're just kind of all along for the journey but this time you actually got to be part of it and both times were different because you have different roles associated with it so your experience of the ride is different yeah so we when we rode twice first time as engineers second time as pilot what did you like better oh i don't pilot had a lot of responsibility like yeah. i had to keep the ship upright which i was not <laughs> like i've never played video games or anything so i don't know how to do screen stuff which sounds weird but like i think i crashed into a lot of walls there were, were there were some crashings there were some you i was know, the up and down and you were the left i right. was the left and right and you also got to go to hyperspace which i was fucking pissed about because oh, yeah, i wanted pretty, that that was pretty fucking cool um yeah so i wanted that one um so but I will say that on our second term, when we were the pilots, instead of the Asian tourists, the first time, we had a higher score. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but also the children were up front. Yeah, so the children like, were the gunners, and they fucking sucked, too. Like, it was crazy. 
Um, so yeah. Nick was irate. I was like, okay, um, we're not going to go into it, but I was not happy with their piloting skills. They were not good. Um, so quick other hits from Galaxy's Edge. Um, we did a lightsaber build. You did, you went in with my lightsaber build. What did you think about that whole experience? I mean, I feel like the same things I've been saying. It's just super immersive. It was... That was probably the coolest thing we did there, even cooler than the Millennium Falcon, because it was such a small group experience. And, like, it was just so personalized to you, like getting, I don't know what, the junk people, the junk wardens? What were they called? Those were, uh, I don't know what they were called. They were the Savvy's Workshop. Yeah, whatever, those people. <laughs> like, went around with these, like, personal trays for each person and, like, really helped you put together your saber. And I think... So they turn off all the lights and then you turn your saber on and you all raise them up together and do some like cult ritual shit. I don't know. (laughs) But just seeing the look of childlike joy on your face as your like lightsaber lit up for the first time. It was like you're a six year old who had never experienced joy before. I loved it. It was so cool. Unlike Uh, the droid build, which was really overwhelming and not actually that fun and like three hundred dollars no it was a hundred bucks a hundred and fifty dollars for a sustain in a crowded workshop with a bunch of seven-year-olds as they like put shit together and it was really actually loud and frustrating and not nick was literally pushing children out of the way did not intentionally push any children he literally shoved a child with his hand uh, okay, now we're going <laughs> to some, some creative licensing here. I may have bumped into a kid when I was trying to stand in my spot by the assembly You were line. like reaching for a piece. Well, yeah, because he had the piece that I wanted. So, so I was like... admit to knocking it out of the kid's hand. I didn't knock it out of his hand. I went for it faster than he did because I'm an adult and he has short limbs. It's almost That's like the... it was a childhood okay. experience. Yeah, I. it is my inner childhood uh, yeah, sorry. experience. I don't care about those kids. They didn't experience Star Wars the way I did. He's seven. What does he know? Nothing. All right. So um, that was, so quickly that was Galaxy's Edge. So Taylor is is a burgeoning Star Wars, not uh, fan. Yeah, I, I will say she, go is, that far. she is a, she enjoys them in small doses. I appreciate that it exists. There we go. Somewhere. So that's, that's kind of pre now that is that is star wars by taylor up until now so what we're going to get into really quickly is our weekly breakdown not really breakdown but you know our where we go over the the clone wars the most recent clone wars episode so taylor as i mentioned before has never seen the prequels so she doesn't know any of the characters she had never seen the clone wars tv series before but i decided for this podcast she will watch the most recent episode of clone wars with me and then we'll just talk about it in general terms a little bit on the cast now before we do that i know that a lot of you are here for the easter eggs and everything like that for uh from matt so matt still did that even though he's away he put together the easter eggs so i will call them out as you know for me i don't catch easter eggs because my brain does not work that way. I watch it and I'm like, oh shit, explosions, cool colors, shit's moving all over the place. Dope. Okay. Um, and I just can't catch it like that unless it's super fucking obvious. Um, so for the Easter eggs, Matt has five of them. Um, and it looks like they're, they're, they're pretty good. Uh, they're pretty good. So he has... The clone's welding tool is the first one. Um, so, you know, seeing the guys kind of sealing the door as 
the separatists, the, the techno union droids are trying to come in. They're they're sealing the doors with their with their welding tools. So that's a good call. Um, next up, the decimator looks like Star Killer Base's baby. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, so yeah, that was a good call out. Half thermal detonators. So this is when um, this is when when uh, when Wrecker is there and he's like they're getting out of the the shaft. Uh, or they're getting out of the room with Echo. Um, the the Techno Union droids are about to break in. Watt Tambor's right on the other side of the door. They're cutting through. Oh, shit. Like, Anakin jumps his way into the shaft above. And then Wrecker's down there. He's like, I'm going to stay. He's going to try to... He was trying to do the sacrifice. And what he does is he throws a bunch of uh, little half thermal detonators all over the room. Um, and then, luckily, Anakin sucks them up into the into the shaft. And then, boom. As soon as the, the the droids come through, the explosion happens. And, well, the droids don't come through. They have that, like, electrical ball droid that goes through to detect for organics. There were no organics. So um, they came out, and then, boom, the explosion happens with those things. Octuptara Magna Tri-Droids. God, I really don't know what Matt is talking about. Oh, I think I know what he's talking about. He's, that was my cat, Ellie. Ellie's here. It's a family um, affair. The, those, okay, so those, like, the name confused me. Those are those big, big walker droids that we saw in the final battle of the episode. And Taylor actually called out very keenly that those Octuptra Magnetri droids look like the little things that... Like the Andy... So Toy Story's Andy, or not Andy, what's his name? Sid, Sid makes that like baby head on top of like a weird spider thing. And that's what that looks like to yes. me. Yes. So that is another Easter egg. You can add that in there. Not only are the tri-droids there, which is a reference to Clone War or Attack of the Clones and then also Clone Wars in general. Um, it's a reference to Andy and Sid and to Sid in Toy Story. So good call. And then... Um, this is a very easy one. Good catch. Jedi communicators. So Anakin's using that, uh, in the, in the episode to kind of communicate with people back and forth. So Jedi communicator talkings. So, um, those are all the Easter eggs for the episode. And now what we're going to do is we're just going to, I'm just going to talk to Taylor in general terms about the episode. So like she, again, she knows nothing. She's never seen a single episode of Clone Wars. And all I did was... I gave her like the backstory of what was happening. I had to ask for backstory because you were like, you just turned it on and like, okay, we're going to watch this now. And I had no idea what was happening it's or who very, any of those people were. It's very true. I didn't even know who Anakin was. I had to ask who that person was. Y- yes, she did. So I, I took like, notes, honestly. I have a notebook full so, of notes. Where's your notes? It's, oh gosh. Oh, Ellie's sitting on them. So I literally, but they're not very lengthy. They're not very lengthy notes <laughs> no. because it's, I mean, each thing is only 22 minutes long it's a 22 minute long episode it's not very long it's not supposed to be like a a a movie length experience digestible content um so just in general like watching the show did you find it interesting did you find it cool like what were your thoughts just from like the little bit of context i gave you i'm seeing one i mean half the episode was the battle i feel like so i mean yeah as cool as a battle can be with a bunch of cartoons okay I wasn't dying to watch another episode after finishing this one, but I don't. I barely had any context. You gave me like a thirty-second rundown after I asked you multiple times for it, but other than that, like, I think my only real takeaway was how do you tell the clones apart? 
That's a good question. That was a good question she asked is how do you tell the clones apart? Now, as I, I tried to explain to her that like usually the way that you tell the named clones apart, which are, you know, people like Cody and Rex and Fives and Echo and all these other ones that, that we've come to know and love um, is through the decorations on their armor. So like uh, Rex has like a, it's almost like a wolf kind of aesthetic to his helmet. Like he drew on some stuff there. Fives is known as Fives from his 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 designation. Uh, it was like five 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 five. Um, you know, Cody is is Anakin's or or Obi Wan Kenobi's like commander friend and is always working with Obi Wan. He wears an orange uh, unit suit, and so there's ways to tell them apart and everything like that. But it's not like for a casual observer, like people who've never seen it or who've never really watched the extensive thing it's it is like it's impossible to tell them apart other than when they say their names um yeah i don't really think i had an opinion of the it's also season seven yeah so i mean it's not the same level of interest if it was like season one and everything was getting set up for the first time it It was just like a thing that i watched because low-key made me to it okay (laughs) sniping a little bit if I were to tell you that there is an hour and a half long movie. No, I wouldn't watch it. No. No. Why? I'm assuming it would be more of the same where it was just droids versus clones. Well, this w- this was okay, so let me give you a little bit more here. So this movie was released to basically introduce the entire cartoon series. So, so it's like for kids. So it's like basic cartoon. I don't know. I don't get it. No, it's like okay. So before this, the the series started, there was a movie that was like, here's a movie. It's called The Clone Wars. This is gonna set up all the stuff that you're gonna see in the cartoon series. Would you be? Would you knowing that it's like it's it's used as like an introduction to the characters. It's used as an introduction to like, you know, some of the plot that's being shown through the series. Would you watch it without? The intention of watching the rest of the sh- the show. No. Okay. And here <laughs> we are. Yeah. No. I. There's no point. Yeah. If I wasn't gonna watch the rest of the show, like, why would I care? And you're not interested in watching the rest of the show. I mean, it was like one episode with a fight. I mean, we're always looking for new, uh, new TV shows to watch. So maybe we can watch the Clone Wars. No. It it is digestible content. No. It's 22 minutes long. It's very not short. Not that. Okay. So <laughs> that's not going to happen. Yeah, no. No. Very simple. I mean, you can watch that. I have you multiple times. Keep doing that. Okay. I, I don't feel the need to. Thank you for your input here. So that was our breakdown of On the Wings of Kiradax. That's episode three of season seven of Clone Wars. Um, so you can get ready to see episode four on Friday, which will be... Uh, two days after this podcast release, if Matt's able to cut and get it out in the, in the normal time. Maybe not. We'll see. Um, but yes, On the Wings of Kyrdak. I, I really enjoyed the episode. Like Taylor said, like actually pretty well. Um, this episode was really heavily focused on the battle at the end of the infiltration and With getting like crab Echo people. Back. They were like crabs. Like they had like a lobster claw. Yeah. So she was talking about the tri-droids. So like the, the the little droids had like no clampers. not the droids like the oh yes the planet or community yes. that they like crash yes, landed yes, in yes 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 wow, did you even watch this one or did I only watch the, this the, wow okay here we go <laughs> here we are um, so yes they uh, they did have the indigenous species there did have kind of like claw like hands um, 
So it was, I, I would say that it like, it puts you like wings of care on wings of care decks put you as a very interesting part in this, in this arc, because Matt and I have been talking about like, are you going to just have one line that you follow all the way through? Like usually in the clone wars, you would jump around a little bit. You would have like, okay, here's an episode, like a self-contained episode that, um, you know, just ends. And then the next episode is completely disconnected from it. So far, all of season seven has been interconnected. It's going to be interesting to see for episode four, uh, whether or not it is, because um, this one seems to have pretty, you know, put a, put a pin. And at least in this particular arc in the story, it's going to be, I'm really interested to see if we're going to pivot to Ahsoka now in episode four. So Friday, you're, you'll be able to see that. Um, let's see. What's that date? Friday is the, the 4th, 13th. 13th. Um, so get ready for episode four, season seven, Clone Wars time. All right. Um, it's that time, folks. It's the time that most of the people here listening tune in for. It's the time where we show appreciation to the fan base, to the wonderful people out there who use the hashtag Star Wars Time Show, who follow us at Star Wars Time Show, and also just the people who make fucking incredible art. I don't know how they do it. I'm not a toy photographer. I'm not an artist in any way. I just pick shit out that Matt shares, and what that becomes is the top five Instagram artists of the week. I would so, just like to say that I tried to pick my own top is, five and Nicholas wouldn't let me. Literally not true. Literally not true. I asked so, okay. you today at work I if I said, could. I, okay, let me give you a like, little bit. Oh, you want to? No, I said, do you want to? She asked me, she's like, I was putting together the top five yesterday on Monday. I was like, uh, putting it together. I had all the pictures and she was like, oh, do I get to pick any? Like jokingly, I was like, do you want to? And she was like, no. No, that's your thing. I don't want to do that. Blah blah blah. And I even said I was like, "You're well, if we're gonna do the podcast together, like you're gonna talk through them with me. Do you, are you sure you don't want to pick any?" No, it's your okay, thing. It did not go that way. I want to do it. That is not what happened. That was what you're she like, said. Oh, you want to pick a picture for the podcast? I did not. Cool. Okay. So now you know that Taylor is a liar. Thank you for your time. Um, so you've revealed your true self now. <laughs> So what we're going to do is we're going to go down our top five and then we're going to talk about them in general terms because I can't talk about them in any specific terms like Matt can because I don't know how people do shit like this. It is a mystery to me how people make these fucking toys look like real life-sized things. I just don't know how it happens. So um, this last week we had a shot breakdown by Matt, I believe, and then this week... No, last week was a top 10 for episode 100. The week before that was a shot breakdown by Matt. This shot breakdown. So what... He talks about how they position them and like how they make the shots. So he does that in general. So when we do the top five, like he kind of gives some some notes, some like artistic notes on like probably how these shots were set up. But um, every other week, I pick one of his old shots and then he gives us a breakdown of how he put that shot together. Like how he stage them or what he did to 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 get the effects that he got or anything like that so that's kind of what the shot breakdown is but that'll be next week this week we have an honorable mention so we have a top six um first up we have at sw underscore action figure adventures excuse me this is a first time top five entry 
And what this image here is, um, is I believe it's the new Imperial Security Droid uh, Black Series figure um, kind of hovering around a, a wooded area and in the background. and Wait, stuff. those are toys? These are all toys, yes. That looks like, I don't know what that looks like, but not a toy. This is, yes, this, these are like all. The little guys do. Yeah, like that is probably, that's like a, it's a 1-6 scale. That That is a 1-6 scale figure, so. That's insane. Probably, I'm using my hands here. This is a, I know this is a, an audio only format, but it's about that like big. five, six inches? Some, somewhere around there, yeah. Um, so that's an Wait, ISC that's so droid. That's so crazy. It is. It's, isn't it insane how like people can take these little toys and make it look real? Like make it look like, holy shit, that's like, yeah, that that's like, like a, a picture. Movie. Yeah, like a real ass thing. So uh, you have the ISB droid as your front and center focus. And then in the background, you have um, numerous different types of stormtroopers. Just kind of, it's a scouting party, which you see, you know, you got one stormtrooper that's got like a spyglass up to his face and he's looking out. It's a scouting party and it looks like we could be on Mimbon or something like that. Because in the background, you can see a Mimbon trooper. Uh, yes, Mimbon. Mimbon, that's where... Uh, the planet in Solo where he was at war, where he first met Chewbacca. Remember when Chewbacca was beating him up? Yes, that's my favorite planet. You heard it here first, people. <laughs> Taylor's favorite Star Wars planet is Mimban. <laughs> um, so it's an excellent shot. Again, I really can't give you a breakdown of this. I assume that uh, SW underscore action figure adventures has the ISB droid up on a stand, and then he went in with Photoshop magic and kind of wiped that out a little bit, and then boom, it doesn't even look like it's on a stand. It looks like it's fucking floating. Our puppy is here right next to us, and she's really interested in something outside. Like, uh, our, our, our blinds are up, and she's very invested in the nothing that is outside of that window. Um, so that's, if you hear some scratching or some jingles, that's little Ash, and she's, oh, hi, little Ash. And she's looking out the window. So weird. She is. All right. Next up. So this is not a toy picture. This yeah, is no, a that's clearly a, like a draw. A digital art, a digital painting piece. So this is from uh, at under super underscore scoundrel. So super scoundrel is one of our favorite artists here. And what you see is actually, if you remember from the from the Clone Wars episode we watched, this is one of the the guys. This is the the tech guy who was doing all ah, the yes. computer stuff. So what super scoundrel has done is is did a, he he pulled a super scoundrel and made a fucking incredible digital painting piece of people tech. are like so talented yes yes this is kind of I like i can barely draw a straight line yeah so like matt and like matt is really like technically savvy and and great at breaking down like the toy pictures like we just saw from at sw underscore action figure adventures um and neither one of us can really say how super scoundrel does what he does like this guy is a is a genius our puppy is barking because we have people who like pick up our trash for us at our apartment complex and she's like oh trash man's here get out of here this is my house okay it's okay little ash look at this picture ash (laughs) <laughs> she so, did kind of look she did look over for a second so um super scoundrel just fucking knocked it out the park again this guy has just been able to take some of these iconic star wars figures and always just puts the really unique super scoundrel spin on it to make it look really fucking cool and he's accomplished that yet again with tech from clone force 99 
in Clone Wars Season 7. So at super underscore scoundrel on Instagram. If you're not already following him, do that. The guy is an absolute killer. He has... I'm glad to see that that the account has grown so much. I feel like when we first featured Devin, Super Scoundrel, like from then to now, I, I love seeing these accounts grow so much. He's over 11,000 followers. Like I don't know where he was when we started, but like I love seeing accounts that we feature and, and multiple times like grow and grow and grow. I know we don't have anything to do with that. These people are fucking talented artists and we're just like bozos talking on a podcast, but it's awesome to see the community grow week over week, month over month, and year over year. It's fucking great. Um, all right, next up, we have a, a shot. I, like, Plastic Action, at Plastic Action on Instagram, is an absolute... He is what I like to call like a, a master of creativity and of concepting. So what this shot here is, it's a shot of Chewbacca on a tandem motorcycle or like on a side-by-side motorcycle with like a sidecar yeah like a sidecar motorcycle with bb8 and the way that this shot is is set up is that like you could see chewbacca's hair blowing in the wind the the blur in the background as the motorcycles like zipping through the street is just fucking awesome i mean all around everything about this looks fantastic like this looks like this does not look like toys in any yeah. way at all. Like the the lighting effects that he has on the motorcycle lights, the way that Chewbacca's hair is whipping back and just the blur effect all around makes it look super fucking cool. So, I mean, like this again, Taylor is like an, an example of like people can do this with toys. Like I didn't, I thought that like when I, before I started doing this and before I really got into like, you know, looking at these toy shots and doing this for Star Wars time, I was like, oh, toys are just like things you play with and like, drop on the ground and like bash in each other when you're a child. But like people are actually talented and can make shit like this. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty fucking cool. So at Good plastic job. action, at plastic action, Jax, or is, ma'am. Jax right here is Jax. A, yeah, he's a killer. 66,000 followers. Jax has. So Jax, tell us how you do it. I'm truly fascinated. If you scroll through Jax's look, look Instagram at that cool account, one. which one With like the basketball, Oh, that's Co- oh yeah, Kobe. This was so. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it click off of it. Look at that chewy one. Scroll down. Yeah, chewy. So he's got so this this shot. We're just kind of scrolling through Jax's feed. He has um, Chewbacca dressed up as Kobe. Yeah, <laughs> the mixture of Chewy and the Mamba, um, and and he's Duncan. So. Sometimes in these two, like, so, like, for example, yeah, yeah, he'll give you, like, a shot breakdown. So, if we look at the the Chewbacca shot, so this is the final product. And then if you scroll through, you can see, like, what he did to set it up. That's, like, so much fucking effort. It is. It's a lot of effort. And you can see, like, you don't see that in the, like, so you can see that there's, like, an attachment that's holding Chewie to, like, holding him up in the air. But, like, they go, you know, he goes in, he uses Photoshop, and he cuts all that out. So, the final product... That's amazing. You don't even see that. It's all gone. People are so talented. They are. People are very, Shook very if. talented. So good. So at Plastic Action on Instagram, you guys know him. You guys love him. Make sure you're all following him. What a carefree <laughs> little guy. So next up, yes, this is a carefree little guy. Uh, we have a shot from our good friend and our uh, last interviewee that Matt did. This is Work More or Less, uh, a.k.a. Jason Young. 
guy is I, i'm pretty sure like jason just is an artist for a living now like he is able to do his artwork for for his physical job um like you know us schmucks like we we can't do that but fucking jason has carved out his piece of the internet and allows himself to do awesome shit like this and what we see is an imperial jump trooper with like the bobber? the death star in the, the background. background so like basically yeah so what you kind of see and you can almost say this is like scare if he could be on yeah he's on so in, in Jason's original hashtags, he lists Scarif Beach on here. So what we see is a, a jump trooper jumping, doing like the sorority girl like jump picture. Like, all right, everybody jump. And then they take a picture and like... As a sorority girl, I can confirm that's what we did. She, she See, this is <laughs> from the source itself. This is an actual sorority move. So the jump trooper is jumping, knees back, arms up in the air. And then all you see is a beautiful Scarif Beach. And in the background... The ever, you know, ominous gaze of the Death Star hanging there. So, um, a really cool shot, a really fun concept by by Work more or less, Jason, um, and shit like this. Like when we were out, uh, Taylor and I were out with a couple of our friends this weekend, and we were talking about Star Wars time. And I was like, yeah, like one thing that we talk about a lot is like toy photography. And the people that we were sitting there was like, what's toy photography? And like, I don't even know what that is. I was like, well, people take like, you know, action figures, like six inch toys or whatever, and they they pose them in ways to make them seem like it's real life, like it's something that's actually happening. Um, and they're like, what do you I, I, they were like, I just don't get it. Like, what are you talking about? So I opened up the Star Wars time feed and this is the image that I clicked on this one from Jason and I showed it to him. And they're like, holy shit, like they, it blew their mind. They had no idea that something like this was possible, that you could do this with toys um so yeah i mean it's it's another really fun variation another fun um you know c3p bros hashtag that he does with sweet picks and black series so um at work more or less on instagram jason's an absolute pleasure of a human being he's a joy to to have a conversation with and to listen to and he's a fucking killer artist so go follow him on instagram all right, so next up we have what? I'm just like, that's so cool. Yeah, so this one <laughs> so this one here is from Operators of the Republic. So Operators underscore of underscore the underscore Republic. So this is uh, Papa P's brother, and Operators has put together a fantastic wartime scene of uh, clone troopers, so, so Galactic Republic clone troopers, in the middle of a battle, you can see one of them has been shot in the background. He's being dragged off the battlefield by a medic. You got, uh, you know, a, another medic up front as the as the primary focus of the image, and then you have another guy down at his side, and he's dragging that person off. And then you got laser bolts flying all around. You got rain coming in from the side. It's a really like operators. His like his thing is really like making shots unique and in and really eye-catching with, like, color saturation and the way that his, like, he, he uses filters on the image. So, like, as soon as I saw this in the feed, I was like, man, this is a, a really cool operator shot. I didn't even need to look at the name on it. And it's just one that stands out because it, it's his distinct style, and it really fucking sings the way that he's able to edit these, these shots. So, um, at operators underscore of underscore the underscore republic on instagram let me see if there if he has like some bts not on this one but 
Um, so yeah, like Taylor said, wow. <laughs> I like the like rain effect. Yeah, yeah, the rain. So you can see like you can even see that he's he like edited in like the rain splashing off of their pauldrons and stuff like that in certain spots. So um, yeah, it's a really well executed, well edited shot by operators. So go give him a follow. All right, next up, this is our. Yeah, this is our final shot. This is our six. So one, two, three, four, five, six. So our honorable mention for this <laughs> week goes to a first timer in the Star Wars time, top five, top six, whatever it is today. It's Optic Visionary. And it's a really cool shot. And what I really like about this is the scale that's portrayed here. So what he has is he has two scout troopers, Imperial scout troopers in a canyon and the way that he's got them set up in this canyon is like it looks like the scale and the magnitude of the structure that they're in is just really mag is like it's really prominent in this and then also the way that he has them posed is really cool it's like you can you can like picture them like looking out onto the horizon at something or like they see like a you know a massive fucking you know rebel rebel you know squadron coming over the the hillside or something like that it's just really cool the way he's got them set up the scale of the figures next to the the scale of the the actual structure that they're standing within um it's just a really fun shot and uh these these toys taylor just for scale they're six inches tall so they're like that they're like itty bitty yeah they're very small they're very small so um yeah it's, a, it's just a fun shot so at optic visionary on instagram again all i can say is it looks cool and i really like it which is why i put it in the top five in terms of an actual like breakdown of what's going on here i can say that this is this looks to be all practical effects there's no like post-processing digital effects done to this this is just all straight up optic visionary set these guys up in this little canyon area took the shot and then the lighting is the the lighting spot on the you know, the, the posing is spot on. Everything's really just well executed here by Optic Visionary. Uh, so go give him or her a follow on Instagram. And that takes us to the end of our of our top five and the end of our podcast. So, Hooray. T- so what was what is your overall assessment of the Star Wars Time podcast experience? I mean, I think I like podcasting and just getting to talk to people. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, no, I think it was cool to like share my limited Star Wars experience. I'm sure everybody here is probably aghast at the things <laughs> that I have said. Probably not very popular opinions, but you know what? That's what I got. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're not a, a you're not a psycho. Like you haven't dedicated portions of your life and in my or, like flesh. Yeah, in with- your flesh to this. <laughs> I have three Star Wars tattoos now. Um, probably will end up getting more at some point in time. But um, so you like podcasting. You like talking about Star Wars. Will you fill in if needed ever again? Sure. Why not? Sure. I'm going to be an old pro by the end of this. So I got it. So you, so episode. We don't need you anymore, Matt. Episode Sorry. 201. So we're 100. This is 101. So another 100 episodes will be Taylor's second time back on the show. Yeah, that works for me. So we'll you see. You heard it if here first. It yeah. We'll, we'll see if we can get a guest spot a year and a half from now. 
Um, but yeah, so that brings us to the end of the podcast. Matt does the dance at the end. I will do a shorter dance because what's the dance? The dance. I, I will. I will do it now. So this is when we tell all of our loyal listeners, some of our new listeners, if we have new listeners, to support us. And we don't mean support us financially. We don't mean support us emotionally, even though that would be nice. If you want to do that, you can send us some Instagram DMs or send us messages on Facebook or anything like that. Um, what we're asking for is just digital support. And by digital support, we mean, you know, drop by StarWarsTime.net. Go read a few articles. Stay up to date on what's happening in the universe. And then also, if you're listening to the podcast and you're not subscribed, one... You're ruining your life. I didn't say that. Taylor did. <laughs> you should think about subscribing. You should just hit that subscribe button. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything on any of the platforms you're on. You could be on Spotify. You could be on Google Podcasts, iTunes, TuneIn, Deezer, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. All of these are the, the locations in which you can find the Star Wars Time Show, and you can subscribe through those as well. So just hit that subscribe button if you're not already a subscriber. And if you are a subscriber... Thank you for your loyal listening, and thank you for your support. And give yourself what we, a pat on the back. Give yourself a pat on the back. Give us a pat on the back by going and leaving us a review, a rating. You can do it on iTunes. You can do it on other platforms as well. Give us a five-star. If you don't think we're five-star, give us a four-star and tell us we suck and tell us why we suck in the comments. You can also share us with your friends, you know? Just give them a link. Say, hey, do you like Star Wars? Go listen to the Star Wars Time Show. It's on Spotify. Everybody's got Spotify, right? Me? I got Spotify. You have Spotify? I've had Spotify. Taylor's had Spotify for many years. I have it for less than a year. But you know what else you can do? You can just tell people about us. Spread the word of the Star Wars Time family. There's always time for Star Wars Time, people. We appreciate your love. We appreciate your support. And... I appreciate you listening to us today or tomorrow or the next day or whenever you do. Thank you all. May the force be with you always. Bye.